0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to Playmakers. I'm your host, Haley Elwood, and as we continue to highlight Women's History Month, today we will be joined by longtime sports broadcaster Leslie Visser. Leslie's whole professional life has been defined by firsts. She's the first woman in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The first woman to cover the NFL as a beat, the first woman to report from a Super Bowl sideline, the first woman on Monday Night Football, as well as broadcasts of the World Series, NCAA Final Four, and NBA Finals. And also, she'll become the first woman to receive the Emmy Sports Lifetime Achievement Award. She is a true legend and pioneer for women in sports media. So, without further ado, let's welcome in Leslie Visser. All right, let's welcome in Leslie Visser to Playmakers today. Leslie, how are you doing?
1: Oh, gosh, Haley. Uh, Thank you for having me on. You know, in the entire world of sports has been such a crazy month. I think people made the right decisions. And, uh, you know, with the NFL, uh, they had a travel ban themselves for the pre-draft. So, you know, we'll just see where it all goes.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah, it has been a really crazy month. But the, the cool thing about March is that it's women's history month and we've been talking to some really great women this month. We're so happy you're on. So there's a lot of places to get started with you, but I'm going to start here. If someone told 10 year old Leslie that on top of all the other accolades and first she's received and will receive in her life and that she'd accomplish that she'd become the first woman in the pro football hall of fame and the first woman to receive a sports lifetime achievement award from the Emmys. What would she say?
1: Uh, she would have thought that, uh, uh, you know, legacies like that are for Walter Cronkite yeah. or Peter Jennings or, you know, Al Davis, Lamar Hunt, Pete Rosell. She would not have thought that <laughs> that was for her. But I am deeply, deeply honored. The previous recipients of the Emmy are either people I've had the privilege to work with mm-hmm. or people I idolized. I, I grew up in Boston listening to the great Kirk Gowdy call Red Sox games on WHCH radio on my cheap transistor so (laughs) to be listed with some of these men is is overwhelming to me.
0: It's so cool but take me back to the time when you told your mom that you wanted to be a sports writer. Why was that the goal for you? Yeah I
1: think I was blessed Haley in that I had a passion. Mm -hmm. You know a lot of people don't or maybe they don't find one until a certain point in life but I I had a passion ever since I was very young. Um, I loved sports. I loved competition. I respected it. I always thought that the great thing about sports is that, you know, it doesn't matter how much money your mother has. It doesn't matter where your father came from. You know, you sink the putt, you hit the jumper. It's completely, it's such a great meritocracy and people come from all backgrounds, all countries. And I always loved it. And, uh, We were living, my family moved quite a bit when I was young, and we were living in Cincinnati. I was about 10 years old, and my mother, who was a teacher, uh, we crossed the street in Cincinnati. I had such a freeze frame in my mind, and she said, oh, hey, what do you think you want to do when you grow up? And I said, oh, gosh, I want to be a sports writer, which, you know, in 1963, that was like saying, well, I'm going to to go to the moon. yeah. I'm going to go to Mars. It was really unheard and of at that time for was, women. It was. There were no women, even when I started. Yeah. And we'll, and <laughs> in, we'll get uh, to that.
0: We'll get to that for sure.
1: <laughs> but she didn't dissuade me, which, um, people can change a child's mind mm-hmm. in one sentence. And instead of saying to me, Oh, you can't do that. Girls don't do that. You have to be a nurse or a homemaker or a teacher. She said to me, that's great. Sometimes you have to cross when it says, don't walk.
0: That's so powerful. It was. And that's the title of your book. Yes.
1: Yes. I, you know, I fooled around with a lot of titles and then I thought, gosh,
0: that's a good one.
1: Best advice I ever got. And it was really a brilliant way to put it. It wasn't just, um, it wasn't just, oh, have a dream. You know, yeah. it was, uh, dare, dare to do it. Yeah. And, uh, I did, it, it gave me confidence.
0: So said we would get to this and, and here we are. So when you wrote me to kind of first set up this conversation, I reached out to you. You replied to me. You had mentioned that when you started out as the first woman to cover an NFL beat, there was a sign that said no women or children in the press box. You've talked about how there were no women's restrooms in the press area. I mean, this really, though, wasn't that long ago when you really think about it. But it's crazy how back then it was so different. Yeah, people think I'm talking about the 1870s, not the
1: 1970s. (laughs) But uh, it was actually on the credential, like you have a credential to go um, cover the chargers or whatever you're doing. And uh, right on the credential as I was going to do the job, it said no women or children. So it was a true frontier. uh, Because there had never been women, there were no ladies rooms in the press box and now they have them at field level i think that's one thing i oh, got it's done. so for great well, well done <laughs> we applaud you yeah. <laughs> thank you thank you but i used to uh the team uh, well i covered the patriots they uh-huh. would have they were not the gold standard patriots then and they would have the ball first and 10 on their own 20 and i would think to myself can i get down the press box elevator across the field to the one public ladies room and get back before they punted which of course is usually three (laughs) downs later, (laughs) uh because they were not that great. But, um, you know, I've always had an attitude of gratitude. And I think having to do it all myself made me a much Mm -hmm. better reporter. You know, there was no Google, there were no stick your mic into the kind of when everybody uh, is asking an athlete something, I had to do it 100% myself. So Mm -hmm. I think, I think it was good for me.
0: Yeah, and that's something that you kind of hear with women in this industry, that they talk about the the need to prepare, the constant preparation, and having to prepare just that much more than their male counterparts. Did you have to do the same?
1: Oh, yeah. A lot of people, men and women, you know, they'll go in post-game. Now everybody can go in the locker room. Mm -hmm. I'm so thrilled for that. But they don't themselves have to think of the questions or the follow-up. You know, they just put the mic in. But because I was, there were no provisions for equality, I was out in the parking lot for seven years covering the NFL by myself, which meant I couldn't rely on anybody else who thought, there was no Google, none of that. So in that way, I know it made me a really strong, dependable reporter. Uh, I felt because I was young, I had to prepare more. But, you know, I'd grown up going to Fenway Park since I was eight years old, Mm -hmm. I could score. So, you know, and I knew I'd. I knew the the sports, uh, so and also the Boston Globe gave me the opportunity to cover all kinds of sports I didn't know. I mean, I I covered, uh, you know, ice skating, which yeah. I later did um, for ABC all around the world. But uh, I was pretty good on the baseball, football, basketball. So uh, I, I didn't feel I didn't feel like I had to learn it. I just felt in my own mind I was young and had to be prepared.
0: When did it hit you like, okay, I'm really kind of breaking barriers here?
1: Oh, pretty early because every town, uh, every city that the Patriots would go to, uh, you know, I was always the only woman. So someone would send a camera crew to talk to the first woman. So uh, yeah, at that time, I I didn't, I just wanted to do the job. I was so grateful for the opportunity that I just wanted to be Yeah, I'd play pick up basketball with the other writers or even some of the Patriots, or Mm -hmm. I I really wanted to blend in while knowing that I'd help get off the boat and clear the land.
0: So you've spent the last 30 years at CBS, you've had 45 years total in this business. What is the key to having longevity like that?
1: Oh, thanks for asking. That's a, a great question. I, uh, I believe there are three elements and maybe you could tell me what you're seeing uh, as much younger person in the landscape, because um, for me, these were kind of non-negotiable. I believe that to succeed, not just to have a one or two year career, but decades, which probably most of the people you admire, male or female Mm -hmm. have been doing it for, for a long time. And um, I felt that you had to have passion. Like if you didn't have passion, if you don't love it, don't do it. It's, it's just too hard, you yeah. know, and it's, uh, There's, it's
0: a lot of time that you're missing for certain things and, you know, your personal events and things like that.
1: Yeah. I, and I felt the reverse. Um, thank goodness. I felt like, um, I wasn't missing anything.
0: Is, I felt, but that's, that's where that passion comes from. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I believe you have to have passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you have to have knowledge. Um, I, I say this a lot to younger women. Knowledge is unassailable and knowledge comes from doing the work, not, yeah. You know, just reading Twitter, but going out, facing people, doing the work and knowledge, knowledge gives you confidence. Because if you have confidence in what you're saying, what you're writing, what you're doing, then uh, you're, you're so far ahead of the game. And the third one I would say is stamina, like mm-hmm. you were just referring it. You know, it's hard out there. And um, I think you have to have stamina, although the joys of it, for me, the the joy that so outweighs the hurdles that... Um, I just, I don't know. I I really only have good memories. I know everybody wants to go into the dark days, but (laughs) I I felt privileged.
0: Yeah. Well, and you've set the course for so many ahead of you. And I get kind of your point, though, when you talk about having good days and having that privilege, you were just doing it. Like you said, you were just there. You were doing your job. And it wasn't really like a conscious effort of, oh, wait, I am the only woman, like you said, until they would bring a guy over to you and be like, oh, we need to talk to her. And have that conversation.
1: Yeah, I had. I mean, uh, when you're covering, um, I'll tell you two thoughts I have on it. One, uh, John Madden told me years later that when I first started, I was caught in a two way go. That's such a Madden expression. And um, it's because when I was out in the parking lot, uh, I had to make decisions on which players I was going to try to talk to. There was no way for me to get over to the other side of the locker room and pick up some more soundbites or quotes or whatever. So uh, I didn't want to complain to the Boston Globe, who made me the first woman. So I didn't want to complain to them yeah. and have them say she can't do it. And I didn't want to complain to the NFL and have them say, well, see, really, a woman can't do it. Right. So I, I, I really made my way. But what has given me such enormous pleasure, Haley, I actually cried when I saw it, was seeing the first all-women NHL and all-women yeah. NHL crew which was just earlier, and uh, it, it, I know most of the women, and I know the producer, and to see it had, uh, you know, start to finish. It had a, a woman host, a woman play-by-play, woman analyst, mm-hmm. woman producer, female director, and all the people in the truck were female, and I said, my God, it's come from 40 years where there wasn't a bathroom, yeah. <laughs> and the credentials said no women or children to this. Yeah, was, I, I was
0: so appreciative of it. Yeah. It's come a long way from interviewing guys in parking lots for sure. <laughs> yeah. So because you were the only woman doing this job for a long time, you've mentioned how you've had really great men as mentors in your life, but how can men be allies for women in this industry?
1: Uh, opportunity. Opportunity mm-hmm. is an enormous one. Um, I had, uh, the Boston globe, you know, gave me enormous opportunity. I would go, uh, we had the Boston Globe got, got always got voted the best sports section in America. And this is when newspapers were really important. Yeah. And then we got voted the best sports section of all time There you go. in the years that I was there because everybody was the best at his position. It was Bud Collins on tennis. It was Peter Gammons on baseball, Bob Ryan on basketball. So um, I had enormous opportunities from the best so that when I went to television, I only had fear of the technology. I had no fear. I'd already covered 10 Final Fours and 10 U.S. Open Tennis and 10 Super Bowls. So I didn't have fear of that. Uh, I just didn't know the technology. So men need to give women, just like you have. You I, Were you hired by a woman? That would I, be great.
0: I actually was hired by a woman. I've great. the bulk of the jobs that I've had in this industry. I was thinking about this the other day. I was hired by women and and that's something that I'm so proud to say.
1: Yeah. And like you say, this is the month, um, you know, we've just come so far. I think uh, women's confidence and their ability to say what they know and what they've seen in just the last three years, you know, this is a real explosion around the world for women. And I mean, I'm really grateful that sports has really, uh, you know, in some ways led the way, you know, that we have CBS, we have, the first and i still believe only all women's female sports talk show you led me right into my next
0: question oh good (laughs) good for you yeah Yeah. but but yes talking talking about that show cbs started it just a few years ago what is it like being part of that
1: oh for me it's such gratitude i cannot tell you and it's uh it's the same thing. We need to talk. Um, CBS had the courage to put it on the air mm-hmm. six years ago. And, you know, the, um, the respect to keep it on the air. And everybody on it is a rock star. And we have the woman who directs us, Suzanne Smith. She is the only woman to direct NFL games. That's cool. Only one. So that means, you know, there are only 32 teams in the league. Yeah. She is one of the people bringing you those games. And uh, she's our director. Our producers are great, two women, uh, Julie Carrick and Amy Samuelson, and our co-executive producers, Emily Deutsch, who used to go around the world with Jim McKay doing features. She's a rock star. And the panelists Mm -hmm. are all people that, you know, you know and respect. It's um, uh, Dana Jacobson. It's Tracy Wolfson. It's Andrea Kramer. It's Amy Trask. It's uh, Swin Cash. It's Layla Ali. So, I mean, we go in there and we talk both.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, you guys have real conversations about not only what's happening in sports, but what's happening off of the field, off of the court, out of the stadium, and things like that, too.
1: Yeah, that's the kind of thing we talk about, you know, or do you think Kyrie Irving would be good on your team? You know, so uh, it's a privilege to, to work with these women, and they are all top shelf.
0: So female viewership for the NFL was up 5% last year from 2018 to 19. Female NFL fandom reached an all-time high with women making up 47% of the league's fan base. Why do you think more women are tuning into the game?
1: I think it's the same attitude that I had in the beginning is that men are not born recognizing a safety blitz. You know, they love it like we love it. So they love it. They learn it. I mean, a, a player, that's a different animal. But, you know, Al Michaels, I was privileged to do Monday Night Football with him, World Series, and Al didn't play football, yet he's the best who ever lived yeah. at calling the NFL. So I think it's if you have that desire that you really want to follow it. And uh, I think the answer for women to see if they do is to turn the sound down. You know, can you see uh, a safety blitz? Can you see if it's a running play? Do you see the quarterback will allow who's he looking for what is the defense and that will mean that you do have a a fandom for it
0: and I think I was speaking with Jane Goodell earlier and, and other women and they've said that the game has also people like Al and other broadcasters have done such a great job also explaining it that you can watch the game with sound and you can get a really great grasp of what is happening and really learn from what you're watching as well
1: yeah, absolutely. I think John Madden was a leader yeah. in that and uh taught an awful lot of people. I had the privilege I rode John's bus with him all across America That's for cool. five years. You could probably oh, write a book great. on that one. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it included in the, in my own book. Yeah. It's a whole chapter in my own book. You know, he and he really he would put up tape for me of the old Redskins counter tray play that they were very famous for and he would run it and run it and run it. And if I didn't see what that guard was doing when he pulled, John would run it again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. When it was announced that you would be receiving the Lifetime Achievement Emmy, the reaction from other women in the sports broadcasting sphere like Laura Oakman and Tracy Wolfson was overwhelming, not just praise for your talent, but for you as a mentor. So we've talked about men being allies, but why was it always important for you to form bonds with other women in this industry?
1: Thank you. That is just about the most meaningful thing (laughs) that you've said to me, and I, I did. I mean, I heard from, I mean, just. Actually, hundreds of women, hundreds, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, really hundreds. I mean, and, and, and Billy Jean King, who was my idol, mm-hmm. you know, tweeted out a glorious something about me. But uh, I do believe from the beginning. Um, I always said I don't want to be the first I want to be the first of many and that's an attitude and I always thought I always thought you know there isn't one slice of the pie it's a big pie and Haley you can have a piece and I can have a piece and Tracy can have a piece and Michelle DeFoy can have a
0: piece so it's better
1: it's better when we're bigger
0: and then lastly Leslie what do you think is next for women in sports media
1: oh the great news is Haley and you need to think this too uh, it's whatever you want to do. I mean, it the entire landscape is open to you. You can write, you can broadcast, you can uh, be an assistant coach, you can uh, own an, an NBA franchise, or, mm-hmm. a big three, you can be in the track you can be the CEO yep. of an NFL team, you can be an official Sarah Thomas, uh, Jane Goodell has been around for quite a long time now. Amy Pagula really is an, an honorable owner of the Buffalo Bills, so I think it's fantastic that you can do actually anything that you want. It's so fantastic that so many teams yeah. now are giving all of you the opportunity, and then the fact that you're doing the same thing I, I always thought myself—you're rooting for each other—and mm-hmm. that is that is great because honestly. Um, I I do believe that having, um, you know, at the Emmy, um, I'm going to, I have invited all the women who've been on this 45 year journey with me, who are closest to me. And, um, yeah, and most of them are coming. And so it's, uh, producers and, um, editors and, uh, other people on the air that have been really on this started, you know, either four years after I did or, um, four years ago. But, I believe that um, we all support the same
0: uh, elements. That is true, and as Laura Oakman loves to say, "Girls compete, but women in power. And when you get women yeah. together to do that, that is—that's a really, really special thing. So, congratulations, Leslie! Thank you so much for coming on. We so appreciate it. You sharing your story, you sharing your advice—it is—it is sage, sage stuff. There. Uh, you
1: know what, uh, Haley? I'm so proud. I just have to tell you, I, I regard all the young women as my young puppies. And so um, check back in with me, would you please? I will. A
0: hundred percent. Excellent. Thank you, Haley. And that's a wrap on this week's episode of Playmakers. So many thanks to Leslie Visser for joining me. We've got one more very special guest coming on this month to wrap up Women's History Month. So stay tuned to Playmakers as well as the rest of our Chargers Podcast Network shows throughout the offseason.